still married to the ex-nightclub owner, but thank the Lord he doesn't know them anymore. Because to have a man that good looking that can cook, run around at nightclubs at night, is just not smart. You know? <laughs> You've got to keep somebody like that at home, close where you can see them. <laughs> now, he sleeps at night, I sleep at night. Yes, and it's wonderful. <laughs> yes, I'm Mr. and welcome. Welcome if you're new here. We've been at Olive Tree for, I think, about 10 years, and we have grown so much as a family and as a couple. And I've seen so many other people grow so much in this house. So, yes, we expected to be impacted by God, by His love, and by His grace and His mercy in this space. This is His house, and He loves to move here, and He loves to bring breakthrough in every area of your life. So, yes, that brings you to the But God series. Um, I'm so excited that I'm up first, because I get to choose the first scripture, and then nobody can use my scripture. And, and I get to speak of Jesus' goodness, you know. I get to speak of what He's done for us as a family. And when we speak of Jesus' goodness, that's called prophecy. When we, when we give testimony to Jesus, that is really prophesying. And I want to tell you what He's done in our lives. I won't, I won't uh, shock you with some gory details with toenail biting. Although we also have that in our family. <laughs> I think every, every family has one. I'll go lightly on you. But let me just get back to my first page here. Hold on. I'm going to my notes up. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that today we get to testify of your goodness. Get to testify of your love for us. We just thank you that you died on the cross for us so that we can be saved and inherit eternal life with you in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that you died that we can be free, free from every tormenting thing, free to enjoy this abundant life your word speaks of. Jesus, with the gift of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Come and have your way. Come and touch each heart. Teach us. Heal us. Deliver us. circumstances and we put our eyes on Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes in our heartbeat. So as we speak of him, he comes and he comes in his presence and his power and he comes and moves. He moves when we can't. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon us and things happen suddenly. It happens 
would never have made that happen ourselves. And that's when we have him. But God, but God, our deliverer, our healer, our savior, everything that we could possibly need, he has for us. You know, sometimes when we're in the middle, I find when I'm in the middle of a but God story, it almost feels like, like I'm in the dark. I feel like I'm praying, I'm praying, not much is happening. I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to church. I've walked away from that old nightclub lifestyle. Can't you see, Lord, the sacrifices I've made? Can't you see, Lord, the changes in me? Can't you see how I give to the poor? Can't you see how I pray? And, and nothing's changing. In fact, it might even feel like it's getting worse. But then suddenly, he comes and he changes everything. I want you to write down, like you did today, when you get home, get a journal. Write down the moments that he has come back, he has come through for you supernaturally. Times when he's healed, times when he's provided, times when he has protected. So that when the trials come, we can remind ourselves, but look, he came through there. But look what he did two years ago. But look what he did 20 years ago. Because trials will keep on coming. But we get to handle them better, if I can use that word handle. We get to endure them better when we know the character of God. When we get to know, remind ourselves of his love for us and his goodness towards us. You know, when we go through a, a difficult time, the Lord is really not always, what I find, he's not really always so interested in answering my prayer immediately. He's more interested in changing me. He wants my character to change. He wants my character to become like his character. So if, he, if he's teaching me patience, the answer's not going to come quickly. When he's teaching me long-suffering, the answer's not going to come quickly. And he is patient. How patient is he with us? How long-suffering is he with us? Here we come again with the same prayer and with the same issue around the mountain one more time. But he wants us to have those same characteristics. When he wants to teach us authority, the answer comes quickly. We pray for someone and say, you false spirit, come out in Jesus' name. And in that moment, that spirit leaves, the person's delivered. Because he wants to teach us the power of his name, the authority of his name that he's given us to use. He wants us to move in his authority. He wants us to move in his power and have his presence, his manifest presence on us all the time. I want to um, read a but God story first from the words. Let's first go there. Acts 16, verse 16, we're going to read. This is Paul and Silas being imprisoned. Now it happened. As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. So although the slave girl is a it's a demonic spirit that he's carrying. It's a spirit of divination. And that's a, the demonic spirit that fortune tellers would use. The, 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 the spirit of divination can tell you what's happening with you today. It can tell you what's happened in your past. But the devil doesn't know the future. God knows the future. And God can change the future in a heartbeat, in a moment. So he will reveal your past to you, hoping that you will put your faith in him rather than start instead of uh, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. So although this demonic spirit, this false spirit, was speaking the truth, the Spirit was saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. 
I think, I think he thought, well, you know, Paul might be upset with it. But Paul had discernment, and he knew that this spirit can only but be against him, can only but want to stop them from what God wants them to do. Let's read verse 18. And this she did not for many, and this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, "I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her." And he came out of her that very hour. Paul knew that he had authority over that unclean spirit in that girl. I don't think that girl really wanted to be delivered, because she wanted to. She was bringing money for her masters. That was her power. That was what she was good for. But he had the authority to say, come out in Jesus' name. And immediately in that hour, that false spirit left that person, left that young girl. Verse 19. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So here Paul and Silas are going about doing exactly what God's called them to do, spreading the gospel, delivering people, setting the captives free, and they end up in jail for it. They get a, end up being lashed and end up in jail for it. And you would think, you know, wonderful for them having the authority over unclean spirits, but is it really worth it if it's going to end me up in jail? So sometimes we feel we're doing exactly what God's called us to do, but my circumstances haven't changed. In fact, it might be worse. I might be stuck in a jail. Let's read on. This, guys, is the most important verse of this whole scripture. We can just remember this one verse today. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So they were singing pretty loud, and all the prisoners could hear them too. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and every, every chain were loosed. So what do these two guys decide? They're thrown in the middle of a stinking, smelling jail, just being beaten. Their ankles are in shackles. They put their eyes on Jesus. said, so I'm not going to look at my circumstances. I'm going to worship my king so loud that the whole prison can hear me. As they are worshiping their king, suddenly, suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. You know, if it was me, I would probably first think in my humanness, which way do I dig? Do I dig down and right to get out of the prison? Do I dig down or left? <laughs> or what do I promise this jailer? Like, you know, give me the keys and when I get out, I'll sort you out. You know, you'll try and make a plan in your humanness. That is how we wired. Like what Sia uh, was saying, sometimes we try to first make our own plan. But they didn't think anything like that. They immediately put their eyes on Jesus and they started worshiping. And it's in their worship that the earthquake came. It's when their eyes are fixed on Jesus, then he comes and the Holy Spirit comes in power with the earthquake and he does a proper job. He shakes the whole prison. Everybody's loose. All the doors are flung open, not just the two of them. Everybody's freed. I want to tell you a quick story here about uh, Bella. When she was about six, I think, um, you know, when you take a
you step like Paul and Silas for Jesus and you go, oh, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I want to go forward into what you've called me to do. I'm committed to this. Take me, use me. I'm sold out for you. When you've taken that step, sometimes the enemy will come and th- throw things at you. We'll try and trip you up like he did with him, try to throw them in a jail, try to slow up the gospel to be spread. But when these things happen to you, I want to I wanna say to you, don't be tripped up by it. In fact, go in the opposite spirit and go harder. And you say, you know what, enemy, I'm not going to even give you a moment. So something like this happened to me. I like to get up early in the mornings to have a bit of a quiet time. And it's not difficult in our house because everybody sleeps in. And I was in the bathroom. And all of a sudden, I felt a stabbing sensation between my two shoulder blades. It felt like somebody had stabbed me with a knife. It was so incredibly sore. The pain was so severe that I fainted. But in that moment, I thought something's very wrong. And I lost my consciousness. And as I fell to the ground, I knocked some things off and I cut myself. And uh, blood was on the shower door uh, all down at there. I'm laying on, on the floor, passed out. So Bella heard this commotion and she came running through to the bathroom. And um, she just laid her hands on me and started praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. And in that moment, I woke up, and I thought, wow, it's amazing to hear her pray in tongues. And you know, when I knew she was baptized in the Holy Spirit when she was four, and she received the gift of tongues then. But you don't know, you know, when they're little, do they really understand the full concept of that? Do they understand? But guys, I want to encourage you, nobody's too young. Nobody's too old. There's no baby version of the Holy Spirit. There's one big portion, and that is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. gets deposited in our children and in us, in our old people, in everybody. And for me, it was uh, wonderful to, in the moment of hearing her pray, and then by then Peter was there, and they held me up. I realized I couldn't use my arms. My arms had just had no uh, function. I couldn't move them. I couldn't lift my head. I felt I was paralyzed from here up. And I couldn't push myself up to sit up. I just realized, oh dear, my arms don't work. And Peter picked me up and they put me on the bed and they placed my hands like this on my stomach. And they continued to pray. Bella was sitting next to me and Peter was standing there. And they just prayed. And guys, to be honest with you, at that time I was thinking, we need an ambulance. Because <laughs> this is probably, you don't understand. I can't feel anything. <laughs> and as I were praying, probably within 10 minutes, I started to feel pins and needles come into my hands. And it wasn't long thereafter I could raise my hands, still lying on the bed, but raising my hands like this. And I tell you guys, about two hours later, about 10 o'clock, I had enough motion and enough strength to be typing emails at my desk. And by one o'clock that day, I had enough movement in my head that I could drive. I could look for traffic. I first thought I won't be able, but I could turn my head. And you know what? The next day I was fine. I was 100% fine. <laughs> I never went to any doctor. I never went for any checkup. I didn't know what it was. I, I know it came, but as they prayed, as they put their eyes on Jesus, they didn't find the doctor. They didn't find the ambulance. They just got to it. Ask the Holy Spirit to intercede on their behalf, and he came in his power. But God, but God, in a moment. Let's read on from verse 27, I think we are. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. This poor chap, you can imagine. He's responsible for all these prisons, now, prisoners, now they're all free, and you know, you can just imagine what his fate's going to be. He'd rather just 
and make an end of it, put an end to it, and kill himself because of what's lying ahead for him. And Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are here. Look, we haven't run away. Please don't kill yourself. Look, we're still here. And Paul knew that when a miracle happens, it's for a reason. It's for a reason to teach us something. It's for a reason what God wants to deposit inside of us. So when I thought back of that time when I fell, when I had the same, I thought, Lord, what was that about? Was it for Bella to know that she has the Holy Spirit in her, her helper? When she's frightened, she can call on him to intercede on her behalf. That when she's far away and she's frightened, she's scared, she can say, help me, help me pray. And he's always with her. He dwells within her. And for me as a mother to know, you know, he is always with her. I can't always be with her, but he is. And he can help her and lead her in ways that I can possibly not when she's out of my sight. You know, they leave the front door. You say, Lord, cover them with your blood, Jesus. Give your angels charge over them. But then he's the one looking after them. So there's always a reason for a miracle. And Paul realizes he didn't run out. He stayed there. They, they just stayed. Verse 29. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This is the, the warden, the jailer. So he, he was trembling in their sight. He knew that these two guys are carriers of the Most High God. He knew he was in the presence of the one and only true living God. He fell down trembling. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Immediately he wanted what they had. He said, what can I do to get what you've got? I want what you have. And guys, so are we. We are carriers of his presence. We are carriers of his glory. Where we go, we take him. We release him. And people around us can feel his presence. The people around us, we change the atmosphere when we go into the room. We change the situation where we go. That is why he dwells within us, so that we can move and have our being in him and through him, because with him we can do all things. Whatever the circumstances may look like, he will move and pour himself out of us, and he will come and move in power, and there will be a but God moment. Verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. How simple the message of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Guys, we sometimes think it's so complicated. We think I've first got to literally read through this Bible, memorize it, and then I can lead somebody to the Lord. No. Open your mouth, and he will fill it. Oh, you have to say, believe on Jesus, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. So the same jailer that was supposed to keep them in jail is now the same guy that's actually busy cleaning their wounds, their stripes of the, of the lashings that they received. And he accepts the Lord as his Lord and Savior, and so his whole household, and his household gets baptized. Verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. Verse 34, now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. What a but God story. From spreading the gospel... Being arrested, being lashed, being arrested, thrown into the deepest part of the jail, not looking
looking at the stinking smelling gel and probably rest running over your feet and being shackled by your ankles, but lifting the eyes to Jesus. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes and changes everything. And the jailer gets saved, and his family gets saved, and they all get baptized. I'm going to tell you one more story, and then we're going to get to the good part. Like Paul and Silas, we're going to worship. And then we're going to ask the Lord to break off those shackles, to break the chains. Because the day is the day that he wants us to be free. Today is the day that he wants each one of us to have a but God story. In August last year, around about the beginning of August, my mom is 94. She had a stroke. And um, being old and having a stroke, you know, you don't have much hope. She had lost all use of her body. So she couldn't use her arms and her legs. She battled to eat. So they would give her liquids and they would say, now swallow, because she, she battled to even know her, her mind couldn't tell her mouth to swallow where there's food in her mouth. And she uh, was bedridden. So being bedridden, she eventually got bed sores. And um, this is quite a worry because, you know, she can't turn herself. So they have to turn her every hour and make sure that and feed her and clean her. And just it was really a very bad situation. Two weeks later, she got another stroke. So things got even worse. She couldn't speak. And uh, the doctor said, okay, you need to come now. If you want to see your mom before she passes away, she doesn't have much time. So we bought a flight to PE. And from PE, you have to hire a car and drive to Crofman for two and a half hours. And going there, my prayer was, Jesus, just thank you for my mom. Thank you for her life. Thank you for all that she's taught us. Thank you for the blessing she's been to our family. Thank you for the blessing that she's been to so many. Thank you for the way she's impacted your kingdom. Thank you for your goodness towards her. Thank you for always keeping her, providing for her, and uh, just always being there and being her closest friend and being her whole life, really. And you know, in that time, you're just thinking, well, Lord, may she have peace in her heart. May she have not pain. May she not feel the pain of the bed sores. Just give her peace, Lord. Just give, may, may she not suffer. And uh, give us strength for what's lying ahead. Because you know, now, and please, Lord, just keep her alive till we get there. Just a few more hours, we just want to get there. <laughs> so when we got there, she was in bed, of course, and uh, the carers were in the room. And uh, I just sat with her. Now, you know, when you talk to somebody who can't talk back, it's quite difficult. You just got to keep talking. So I can't say anything. You can see that the expression of her, she wants to talk, but her mouth can't shape, can't make the words. And um, after about 15 minutes, I was just talking about daikis and daikis, as we say in Afrikaans. And then I said, well, I'm just going to pray for you, and then we're going to leave you in peace. We'll come back tomorrow again. So I took her hands from underneath the cover, and I held both her hands. And I started praying. And I said, Lord, just give her your peace. Give her your joy. Give her strength. Just strengthen her body. Heal the wounds on her feet from the bed sores. May she have no pain. And Father, you know, it may this not be a terrifying experience for her. You know, whatever you can, I can't even remember, but all I could think in the flesh. And uh, yes, let she not be afraid of death. Let she, you know, have lots to look forward to, to be with you, to be with my, she'll see my father again. And then I ran out of words. So I just started praying in tongues. And as I started praying in tongues, she started praying in tongues, out loud, in a full flow, for 10 minutes. And her whole face is smiling like this. Guys, I had no idea. And you know, you think she's sick, 
But the Holy Spirit is not sick. Her body had the strokes. The Holy Spirit did not have the strokes. He's still alive and young and full of life inside of her. And he can flow out of her, although she can't speak a language that her mind knows. He just flows from her innermost being in a full flow, in a full language. And you can see the joy on her face. After about 10 minutes, I said, okay, my mom, we're going to go check into the hotel. We'll see you tomorrow. I kissed her and we left. And I thought, you know, we don't want to be there for too long. And on the way to the hotel, I thought, yeah, how is that? I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never known that. I really thought, you know what, it's up to, yes, the Holy Spirit will flow through from like rivers of living water, but it's up to your body to, to have a part in it. But then I just realized, but her body's got nothing to do with it. It's the fullness of Him just pouring out of her, refreshing her, uh, you know, just, just having His way in her through her. So, guys, the next day when we got there to see her, oh, I'm going to cry. Sorry. God is so good. She was sitting in a chair in the lounge with a fork in her hand, scooping up rice, putting it in her mouth. And she was saying a few words. But God. By Monday that we got back here, we, they sent us a video of how she was walking with a walker all by herself, from the room to the bedroom. And you know what? I just realized she's, she's going to go for a hundred. <laughs> God is just amazing when he comes. You know, I didn't know what to pray. I just knew that him do the praying. I'm just going to keep my eyes on you, Lord, because I ran out of words. I don't even know what words you want me to say right now. And then he comes and he moves in power and he changes everything. The impossible. Everything is possible with him. And with him we can do we can face all things. We can endure all things. And He is faithful. And He comes just in time. Just in time when we thought, I can't hear me. And He says, my God, now this is when I can. So He has a purpose. Sometimes when you think He's stalling, sometimes when you think, but I've been in this jail for so long, and the earthquake is not coming. Be steadfast. Be re- have renewed faith today. We're going to worship now. I'm going to ask Jesse to come up, and um, while he comes up, I'm just going to I'm just going to read uh, Psalm 103 to you, so so we know why we worship Jesus. We're going to take our eyes off our circumstances, and we're going to put our eyes on Him. We're going to glorify His name, and He is going to come and break those shackles loose today. He's going to come like a mighty rushing wind, like an earthquake. And everything will change. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities. Who heals all my diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Guys, today we're going to run out of here like eagles. We're going to be renewed by His love, by new hope, by the outpouring of His love and His Spirit inside of us because with Him we can do all things. So let's stand up, let's worship Him.
Sim.